Howdy, this is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Thursday, December 14th, 2023, I wish you a very, very, very happy Roast Chestnuts Day. Seasonal, relevant, you're welcome. Today's show is, as always, presented by... Big Banter Sports. We thank Big Banter Sports for partnering with us as the official Ohio State basketball podcast of their network. We are excited today because the Penn State loss is in the rear view for Ohio State basketball. And today we are going to cover all things UCLA. It's going to be a normal preview episode where we'll go through UCLA's resume to this point. We'll cover some unique traits of this team before going into their offense and defense. And then, of course, toward the end of this episode, you'll want to make sure you stick around. We've got three keys to the game, one of which very unique to UCLA. We'll talk about some banger bets potential on the watch list, and then we will close it out with final thoughts. Now, this is the time of year, I know, where there's a lot of Ohio State football fans kind of transitioning their focus and their attention to Ohio State basketball. Now, if you're just joining for the first time this year, welcome. We're happy to have you. Would really appreciate if you subscribe. It is the season of giving. As I have shared before, I give you these podcasts, right? So the least you can do is just tap subscribe. It's easy. It's free. And nothing bad will happen from it. Also, if you're already subscribed or if you haven't already, please, again, open the app, just hit subscribe so I can shut up about it. Second thing that I would ask is just hit the like. When you see the tweet come out that is posting this very episode, just hit like. If you don't mind going back, get onto Twitter right now, hit like, would appreciate it. It'll get it out to more people. And this is a big game for Ohio State to take on UCLA, the final Really, really, truly big game for Ohio State in the non-conference. A lot of eyes are going to be on this team, not only in the Columbus area, but nationally. So we're excited for the game. Would appreciate it if you'd give me some love as well. And a five-star review never hurts. It's the season of giving, so I got to push, 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 right? I got to push for you to give. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you plenty of content today on UCLA, but I had to get that out of the way to start. So We've got to talk UCLA, right? First, we've got to talk Ohio State and their loss to Penn State. If you missed the last episode, which was the Penn State review, I recommend you give it a listen. Doesn't really matter sequentially when you listen to it, as long as you do. I was pretty impassioned on my take on that game, and there's no way to avoid it. It was a bad loss for Ohio State, 100%. You don't get up on 18 points against a team, Big Ten, Penn State, Big Ten, Purdue, somewhere in the middle, doesn't matter. Non-conference, a team like UCLA, does not matter. You don't go up by 18 points against a team and then lose. But Ohio State did that against Penn State. The dreaded losing streak of Big Ten away games dating back to last season continues. However, The Buckeyes have a chance to get back on the college basketball map. I was at the point where I was saying, hey, 
Ohio State, after beating Alabama and heading into December, this team should get out of non-conference play, including the two games against Minnesota and Penn State, with one loss. This should be a team that heads into January into the real Big Ten conference slate with one loss. They should be ranked, and people should be talking about them. They were minutes, hours away from being ranked. Had they taken care of business against Penn State, this was going to be a team that was ranked. Instead, they drop a game to Penn State, and now a lot of people are not believing in Ohio State, or people who weren't really paying attention. Now again, you're seeing some some floods, some flash floods, if you will, of people now paying attention to college basketball. And what happens when you're paying attention to college basketball, whether on a national scale or on a local scale, is you don't see a number next to Ohio State's name in December, and you say, well, this team must not be very good. Coached by Chris Holtman, he's still not doing what he needs to do. Blah, 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 I'm a casual. And that's fine, you can have that opinion. This Ohio State team is good. They're going to have a chance to prove that again here against UCLA. So let's talk about UCLA. Tale of two teams in that where when I always start with the resume, there's two mm, ranking systems that I care about. And there are many things that I do care about when it comes to college basketball. One that I don't care about is the AP poll. Now, you may say, well, you just spoke about Ohio State. They're about to be ranked. They're not. That's not good blah 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 that is accurate but that's only because sometimes you carry some swaths of casual fans who they care about the ap poll because they don't know what else to care about in order to judge college basketball teams it's a hard sport to follow in some regard because you don't have one day dedicated to it it's throughout the entire week and rather than 130 ish teams playing you've got nearly 400 teams playing in division one so i get that and that's fine but when you don't see a number next to the name casuals or otherwise will say well that's not good this team isn't very good it's not true it doesn't really tell the grand scale of of where a team may be at the same time i don't care about the ap poll because a bunch of box score watchers vote on it and and it's not truly people who as the use will say no ball or are ball knowers however we at the Views from the Shop podcast and listeners do know ball. If you know UCLA, you know this. They are ranked number 43 in Ken Palm. So when you go to the net rankings, you would say, well, if they're 43rd in Ken Palm, maybe they're 47th, 42nd, 38th in, in net rankings. No. The net hates them. The, the net is, is oil's relationship to water. When it comes to the net in UCLA. In that they do not exist in a way that is mm, positive. Can I use that word? Number 43 in Ken Palm. Number 120 in net rankings. And they've dropped four spots since last week in the net rankings. So net hates them. Ken Palm loves them. My personal philosophy on these two rankings. I prefer Ken Palm over net i think ken palm has a couple advantages over net but i'll still take a look at net for what it's worth now ucla sitting at five and three they've had their chances to pick up signature wins they faced off against villanova they just played them and they lost 65 to 56 
That game was closer than the score shows, but they still lost. They also lost to Gonzaga, 69-65, and they've taken on Marquette, lost 61-59. And, in case you haven't seen, before UCLA lost to Villanova this season, the game before, they beat UC Riverside 66-65. UC Riverside. Let's just... Let's let's go down the the rabbit hole here of where in the world is UC Riverside in Ken Palm? They are ranked 248th, sitting at four and six right now, and well, that's not the greatest. It's better than New Orleans. I see who Ohio State will play after UCLA. I will be at that game. Excited for that one. Where was New Orleans here? As I scroll through this, they're number 280. So. Why we're comparing UC Riverside and New Orleans for a UCLA preview is beyond me, but we just did it. So they barely beat UC Riverside. They beat them by one. And you may notice as well, in all these games, the most UCLA has scored is 66. That was against UC Riverside. They haven't eclipsed 70 in a big game yet this season. They scored 56 against Villanova, 65 against Gonzaga, 59 against Marquette. That's like Merrimack numbers. If you remember the Merrimack previews or review episode or the non-conference schedule preview we posted in the season preview series, not good. Very bad numbers offensively for UCLA. But this has been a slow start for a Bruins team that maybe wasn't necessarily expected, but it's also not surprising. So, as far as the team makeups go, makeup goes, they've got Lazar Stefanovic. He is a junior transfer who stepped in and age-wise has been the leader. Outside of that, anyone getting significant minutes are freshmen or sophomores. Now, that may sound familiar in that Ohio State's very similar in that. You go back to last season where Ohio State had a really solid freshman class and a lot of those players were producing on day one, it can take an extended period of time for everyone to mesh together. So UCLA 5-3, and three, haven't picked up wins again in the big games that they've had this year. Not necessarily surprising. The good thing for UCLA is they've got head coach Mick Cronin, who is one of the best in the game. The bad thing is that these UCLA fans are probably feeling rather impatient right now and probably at least as impatient as Ohio State fans are with Chris Holtman, if not more. However, Mick Cronin. So he's already shown some frustration publicly in postgame conferences so far this year. But as we know, he built up Cincinnati, only left to take one of the best jobs in the nation at UCLA In his first year at UCLA, he missed the NCAA tournament, as did 100% of college basketball because of the COVID year, and then he's made it every year since then. His winning percentage at UCLA has risen every single season so far. Not much higher you can go from last season. We know how good they were, but Mick Cronin has done a phenomenal job at UCLA, so you would expect this team to be really, really good come January, February, March, and into the NCAA tournament. This should be an NCAA tournament team in UCLA, which is, again, why it's a big matchup for Ohio State. 
So let's talk about this offense. We know they can't score a lot. They're averaging 68 points per game so far this season. Yes, they have scored over 65 points in a game so far this year. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. What, what's the most points they've scored in a game this year? 78. They scored 78 points against Long Island. For some reason, I feel like I actually watched that game. But scored 78 in that one. They've scored 75 in another one against Ohio State's friends, St. Francis, who they played last season as well. And that's it. Two games this year in which they've scored 70 points. On the flip side, Ohio State has scored 80 points in six games in a row. So polar opposite teams offensively. However, their offensive rating is 107.9. That's pretty solid. So you say, hmm, Tim, one and only host of Views from the Shop podcast, how can a team put up so poor production on a points per game basis yet still have a pretty good offensive rating? And I have an answer for you. Well, UCLA is about the most slowly paced team in college basketball. 63.2 pace is even slower than Ohio State. Technically, technically they do run in transition by definition. I would say that what I'm seeing on on the tape is running, but the the speed in which UCLA is running in transition is closer to the pace of my turkey trot this Thanksgiving than a Division I basketball team. Finish that sucker, though. Finish it easily, and we'll be back next year for the turkey trot. That's that's important, by the way, in my opinion. So let's let's just go here real quick, okay? Thanksgiving is is unquestionably the the best holiday of the year. And if you disagree and you give me something like Halloween, I'm sending you to the kids' table right now. Stop listening to this show, okay? And go listen to the Ohio State Views from the Shop podcast for kids, which doesn't exist. But if it did, I would I would banish you there for saying that Halloween is your favorite holiday. However, I will digress for the sake of this podcast and say Thanksgiving is the best holiday. When you begin running a turkey trot at 8 o'clock in the morning when it's 35 degrees out, you get home around 9, 9.30, depending on the distance in which, well, not only the time it took you to, to finish the turkey trot, but also the distance from the turkey trot to where you're heading next. You're gone for a couple hours, but you get back, you feel so accomplished, now you're ready to take down some turkey or ham, depending on your preference, or whatever vegetarian slash vegan option there may be for you, depending on that preference. You're ready to take down some sweet potatoes, some mashed potatoes, some rolls, some mac and cheese if you're into that, cranberry jelly slash sauce if you're into that, which I 100% am pro on that. But that's a that's a serious sense of accomplishment. Highly recommend you run a turkey trot. Did it for the first time. It is, it's not even a humble brag. This is just me straight up bragging about something very simple as running, what, 3.3 miles or something like that, but I did it. Speaking of running, UCLA does not do a lot of that. So just to put a bow on that. Again, that's that's topical given that it's the Christmas season. Outside of that, UCLA offensively, very slow pace, very low scoring team, 44% from the field. Mm, that's fine. It's it's not horrible. It's about as average as you could get. 
but their effective field goal percentage is only 47.9% from the field. That, by the way, effective field goal percentage, if you're not well-versed on it, is simply a team's field goal percentage taking into account the additional point that you get from three-pointers. 47.9%, not good for UCLA. Given that it's effective field goal percentage, you're taking into account the three-point shooting. That may be foreshadowing. Fun fact. Ohio State, by the way, has seen ugly ball handling teams before this season. And while this isn't the most skilled offense, they do take care of the ball at a good rate. So you've got that. Stylistically for UCLA, no three-pointers. We talked about the effective field goal percentage approximately 25-ish seconds ago. No three-pointers on this team. 24.3% of field goals attempted by UCLA come from behind the arc. That is about as low as it gets. That's we're playing limbo. We're down to two people left. And some guy who has half a spine is beating everyone else. That's essentially what we're talking about there. Slowly paced team. We know that already. Extremely low three-point rate. That leads to only 13 three-pointers attempted per game. Not a lot. Now, they're not the most productive team shooting from three as well. 32.3% from behind the arc so far this season. That's below average, pretty middling. Nothing really impressive about that. And as far as players go, Will McClendon, he's a sophomore guard for the Bruins, shooting 53% from behind the three-point line. Elite, spectacular, great job, Mr. Will McClendon. Outside of that, the rest of the team shooting 32% or worse. No, no shooters on this team. You've got... Will McClendon just putting all the load on his back, carrying a team like the Circa 07-08 Cavs with LeBron, and you've got some guy named Booby standing in the corner clapping for the ball, and LeBron's like, yeah, I'm not, you're not touching the ball, Booby. Uh, that's UCLA from a three-point shooting standpoint. They are a better two-point shooting team, but where they really make their money is that they're a very good free-throw shooting team. Now, pause. We're going to get there in a second, but let's talk about the two-point shooting first. Again, not a team filled with jump shooters. Just not. Watch them. Watch a couple games that they played. They've got every single game pretty much is on YouTube. Right now, you can go back and watch a full version of a game for UCLA. If UCLA beats Ohio State by pulling up, it will be the only time UCLA wins a game doing that specifically this season. Just not a good jump shooting team. 47.8% from inside the three-point line. As you might imagine, most of their points are coming at the rim and in the paint. Their percentage of points in the paint this year sits at 45%. That's 62nd percentile in college basketball, so it's a fair amount. And again, we talked about the the slow pace already, so they're not getting a lot of points in the paint necessarily, but the percentage of their points coming from the paint is very, very high. Field goal percentages, 67% at the rim, 46% in the paint. Both of those marks are elite, but from there, you'll see a huge dip in made shots when it comes to mid-range or anywhere behind the arc. Like I said, though, the field goal shooting is where it's at for UCLA. Sorry, 75.5% free throw percentage so far this season from the charity stripe. 
and 39% free throw attempt rate this season. Both of those numbers are very, very good. UCLA can get to the line, and when they do get to the line, they will make their shots. Another note on UCLA's offensive production, it's very, 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 very balanced. They've got four players averaging double digits so far this season, and I took the liberty to take a look at their different scoring leaders so far this season. Sebastian Mack has led UCLA in scoring four times. He's a freshman guard for UCLA. Outside of that, you've got Adam Bona. He's led UCLA twice. You've got Lazar Stevanovich leading UCLA twice. You've got Dylan Andrews tying for the lead in scoring with Mack once. And you've got Stevanovich and Mack also tying for leading the team in scoring once. So the production is calling from coming from all over the place. Very similar to Ohio State last season. A couple players worth mentioning here. I've already mentioned a few, but let's go to S- Sebastian Mack first. 6'3 freshman. He's one of two players on the team averaging 13.3 points per game. If you're averaging 13.3 points per game at UCLA as of the time of recording, which is late Wednesday night, just so you know, you are leading UCLA in scoring. Two players leading the team in scoring at 13.3 points per game feel like he's not really on a lot of people's radars, but he could be freshman All-American type, maybe is a little bit much, but he stepped into his role at UCLA and played really, really well. He, he's a solid rebounding guard. He shares the ball well. He's not your Tiger Campbell replacement from a year ago, but like I said, he's coming into his own. He's been a great fit at UCLA. He just needs to become a more efficient scorer and start knocking down shots from deep, as does pretty much everyone at UCLA. But specifically, he can score in the paint. He can score at the rim. Outside of that, not much of a score. But that's one of their two leading scores. Their other leading scorer is, of course, Adem Bona. 6'10 sophomore, really, really big body. He's picking up where he left off last season, averaging 13 points per game, 6.5 rebounds per game, Big, 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 big time shot blocker. We'll talk about that when we talk UCLA defense. However, he's a big time fouler as well. Averaging over, well, well over three fouls per game. If Ohio State can get Banat into foul trouble, mm, might not be good for UCLA. However, this is a deep team, especially in the front court. Already I've mentioned Lazar Stevanovich, transplant 6'7". At UCLA Junior this season, averaging 11 points per game, 11.3 to be exact. He can score from all over the place, but he's best in the mid-range where he can really shoot over defenders. And he's a really, really productive rebounder as well who can also force some turnovers. Last player you look at offensively for UCLA is Dylan Andrews. 10 points per game, 6-2 guard. I mentioned already Sebastian Mack. He's not the Tiger Campbell replacement. Dylan Andrews is 10 points per game, but four assists per game. He's a big time distributor on this offense who takes care of the basketball as well. Squeezes the orange as we like to play as, as we like to say. And the only other thing with him is no rebounding production, but 10 points per game, four assists per game. You'll take that. Let's talk about UCLA's defense. And I don't know how in the world we're 23 minutes into the show. And I'm just now getting to the defense. We'll get you home. Don't worry. Team stats defensively. Well, we know if they're not giving up a lot of points offensively, and this is UCLA, and they are sitting at 5-3 and three on the season right now, that would make you think that they're probably a, a somewhat good defensive team. And if you're thinking that, you would be correct. 
They're averaging 60.3 points per game against so far this season. 95.4 defensive rating is just disgusting for for what it's worth. And they're averaging 38.2% of field goal attempts to go in. So what kind of defense is this UCLA defense? This is really your classic pack line D. If you've got a player who's defending the ball, you're stepping up and you're defending him at the three-point line or lower. All other off-ball defenders, if you're one pass away, you're in a gap, you've got the ability to help on the drive or slide to your man if he happens to get to the ball. And if you're more than one pass away, you're at times sitting below, right below the rim in the paint, depending on where the ball is, but you're ready to, to go play help D at the rim to rotate across the arc and because of this ucla defense you're seeing most teams shoot a bunch of shots from inside the arc teams are better shooters from the three-point line comparatively but ucla is stingy to allow offenses to shoot from deep this is a really really solid defensive team coached by mick cronin they are very very good at whether it be hedging whether it be whatever term you want to whatever term you want to use to to helping in the post or to trapping and then returning whatever the case may be this is a really really solid defensive team they'll put pressure on you they'll come trap you out of nowhere and then retreat and you're kind of like oh shoot what the heck are we doing here they come and trap me now they're going back i don't know what to do this will get some teams sped up They'll force some turnovers a little bit as well. And that that's kind of the UCLA style of defense. It's good. This is a good defense. They've also got some shot blockers. Like I said, 14.5% block rate is better than Ohio State's. We know Ohio State can block shots and better than most teams in the NCAA. Not shockingly, they're led by Adem Bona. 10.3% block rate so far this season, 1.7 blocks per game. Of course, that's nothing to Felix Akpara. Felix Akpara scoffs at your block numbers, but obviously still not bad and, and, and rather elite. Now, outside of Bona, they've got a couple other players who can who can block some, some shots, specifically two players who maybe don't get the most playing time, but take advantage of their, their chances to block shots. You've got Ale Marla who stands at 7-3 for UCLA. And then you've got Elon Fible. Elon Fible, both of these players have names that are not friendly to pronounce for someone who is a, a born, not born and raised Ohioan. Ask me where I was born at some point on a, on a mailbag episode. But two names not easy to pronounce. Uh, Marla averaging a 9.4% block rate and Fible averaging a 4.9% block rate. Both of these players are under a block per game, but neither are getting starter level minutes at this point. So both of those guys can block shots along with Adem Bonat. So worth keeping an eye on for UCLA. Really, really good defensive team. They're really, really solid, obviously, at blocking shots. They, they've got a really solid uh, Hakeem percentage as well. They use their fouls well. They don't foul a lot. Good defensive rebounding team is UCLA. So let's get into some predictions. But before we get into predictions, we're going to talk college basketball analytics. 
the exclusive sponsor of the Views from the Shop podcast. You can go to cbbanalytics.com right now and get the very same access that Chris Holtman and dozens upon dozens upon dozens of other NCAA teams have in order to game plan, to self-scout, and to get ready for their next game. I use their stats to get ready for every show and be as informed as possible, get very, very deep into numbers with shooting zones, with advanced metrics, with player profiles, with player comparisons to other players, whether they be active or not, different lineups, combos, all those types of things. You can get all those numbers on college basketball analytics. It will make you literally the best fan, the smartest fan in the room. So go to cbbanalytics.com. You can get an entire month free using the code SHOT. That's S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT, S-C-H-O-T-T, short for Schottenstein Center. And if you want it for Christmas, if you don't feel like buying it yourself, that's fine. Ask mom, dad, brother, sister, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, some family member or friend, to invest in it for you, and you'll be able to enjoy it for an entire year. CBBanalytics.com, college basketball analytics. Okay, let's get into keys to the game for this one, and then we'll get into a banger bet watch list before we get into some final thoughts, and we'll get you out of here lickety-split. Number one, key to the game for Ohio State. Please do not hand UCLA points. As we've spoken about already, No, this isn't a great jump shooting team. No, they don't make a lot of threes. We understand they score a lot at the rim and in the paint. So, if you are biting on pump fakes, if you're leaving the floor, if you're getting out of position and allowing them to go take buckets that they shouldn't get, you are going to hamstring yourself because this is a good defensive team. And the other thing in regard to that is, do not foul This UCLA team will make you pay. They're crafty at getting to the free throw line. And when they do get to the free throw line, they will make their shots. So number one for Ohio State, do not hand UCLA points that they do not deserve. Number two, this is going to be really weird, but stay with me. No easy offensive rebounds for UCLA on free throws. Very specific, I will grant you, but let me tell you why. UCLA is a very creative team when it comes to offensive rebounding on free throws. They will take those two rebounders who are in the paint, not in the paint, just, you know what I'm talking about, the two offensive rebounders that can be in the lane on a free throw. They will take those two players and they will essentially just swap them. When the shot goes up, one player will go fill and replace another player on the opposite side of the lane. This a lot of times will cause one player to be isolated while another player has two guys on him. That means that isolated player gets a chance to go get an offensive rebound, to get some second chance points, and of course just simply get extra possessions for UCLA. So that's going to be a very, very small detail of this game that if you're listening to the Views from the Shop podcast, you know this over pretty much every other fan, anyone else watching this game other than maybe like five or six people and Ohio State and UCLA people who are on the team. So that's something you're going to want to make sure you look out for as well because this game could be could be a five-point game. And if you give up a couple of offensive rebounds, you're now allowing a five-point swing to go in UCLA's favor. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Last thing, 
If Ohio State gets the chance to close out UCLA, please go do it. This is a game Ohio State is more than capable of winning. We come off the loss against Penn State. I went through game by game the past two seasons where Ohio State has either been trailing, had the chance to get back into a game and win, and failed, or they've been leading, had a huge lead, and lost it, and at times even lost the game. They lost a 27-point lead. 27-point lead to Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament last season. They still won the game by two, but they lost a 27-point lead. They lost an 18-point lead against Penn State this season, and they did it two seasons ago as well, losing an 18-point lead to Penn State and losing the game. This is a game Ohio State can win. Close them out if you get the opportunity. All right, I've got one one banger bet I'm really, really keying in on. Last last game against Penn State, we went one and one. We lost point one units. Big whoop. We're still ten and seven on the year. We're still profitable on the year. So as long as we continue that, we're gonna keep going here. And if you happen to tail, or if you're you're interested in something to keep an eye on, then that's why we're here is for these banger bets and the banger bet watch list. Obviously, nothing is out yet at the time of recording. We're not gonna see anything until Friday night at the earliest. One I'm looking at right now is the under. And there's two different ways that we can go with this. Number one, we know UCLA against power conference teams has scored 56, 65, and 69. And in those games, they've given up 65, 69, and 61. Did I say those numbers right? Yes, I did. 56, 65, and 69, they have scored. They've given up 61, 65, 69 in three separate games. That is showing that, hey, we should expect maybe around 120-ish points to be scored in this game. If we see 130, if we see 128, we're probably going to hammer the under on this one. I already spoke about the slow pace for UCLA. Ohio State loves to play at a very slow pace as well. The issue here is that Ohio State has scored 80 points in six straight games, as I already mentioned. So if we don't like the number that we see for the game total, we will potentially look at UCLA's team total hitting the under as well. So those are the one slash two-ish ones that I've identified so far. I don't really see a lot on player props that I'm loving right now where UCLA may have an advantage or disadvantage or Ohio State may have a matchup advantage or disadvantage. We'll keep searching, as you know, and I'll try to put something together for you. It It might just be a little... Same game parlay where we are, we're taking some juice odds, putting them together, and trying to make some money off it. So we'll say, as always, banger bets are used just for entertainment. Do not gamble more than you can lose. If your day is going to be ruined because you lost a certain amount of money off a banger bet, which would suggest you don't bet at all or bet a much smaller amount. So final thoughts on this one. This is a game Ohio State is capable of winning, and this is a game come March that is going to help Ohio State on the resume if they can win. UCLA right now, right on the bubble in terms of being on in the NCAA tournament or not, at least according to Ken Palm. You've got to be in the top 40-ish at least in order to get in with an automatic, sorry, not an automatic bid, but an at-large bid. UCLA is going to be right around there, but this team is going to be way better come February and come March. So if Ohio State can pick up a win against UCLA, it's going to look really good. They're going to have the opportunity to do so. What can we get out of Bruce Thornton? Can Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale specifically in the backcourt pick up, not where they left off against Penn State, but where they left off in the first 
quarter of this season and can we get 16 out of Bruce Thornton? Can we get 14 out of Roddy Gale? Can they combine for six, seven, eight assists? Can we get a good rebounding game out of Roddy Gale? Can Jamison Battle hit a couple of threes? Can we just get the normal Ohio State team that we thought we were going to get used to seeing until the the hot streak was derailed by the freaking Penn State Nittany Lions? If you can get that, you've got a really good shot of winning. This is going to be a slow game. Should be a low-scoring game. And even with that said, that's that means it's going to be likely that's going to be a close game as well. It's two pretty evenly matched teams, but just the way these two teams match up strategically, it should be a close game through the end. So, can we trust Jamison Battle to continue to hit two threes and to score 10, 12 points? Can you get the production there? Zed Key, Felix Akpara, they're going to have their hands full with Adem Bona. If you can try to at least contain him a little bit, you're going to have a shot to win the game. So there's going to be some key matchups, but it's really going to be, it's going to come down to, can Bruce Thornton get back to how he was? Can Roddy Gale get back to how he was? Can you get some production from the front court? Can Evan Mahaffey be a big body and rebound and defend well in this game? And if so, you're going to have a really good shot to beating UCLA. It's a neutral site game. It's a three o'clock game on a Saturday. No question that this team is going to be ready to get up for it, especially given they just lost to Penn State. They just blew an 18-point lead after we heard that they've learned from the losses from last season. This team is going to be up. They're going to be ready to go. This is going to be a good game. It's going to be an exciting game, and it's going to be a big game for Ohio State to win if they're able to. So we'll see what happens. I like the matchup for Ohio State. I would lean toward the Buckeyes winning in this one, but you never know. Mick Cronin is one of the best head coaches in college basketball. He's got a very, very talented roster. And if this happens through the game where UCLA's freshman and sophomore gel together, it's going to be tough to beat them. So we'll see what happens. You know you will always be covered by the Views from the Shot podcast with preview and review episodes for virtually every game Ohio State plays, along with live tweeting games at the Shot Pod on Twitter, and of course, posting content throughout the week to make sure you're covered on all things Ohio State basketball. Hope you feel prepared for the Buckeyes game against the Bruins. Excited to watch this one. Tweet at me, DM me, give me your thoughts as always. But for now, I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.